You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. It's an express edition today. It's the Chili's 2, the airport edition. That you can just digest real quickly. Nothing's happened this week in life, and especially not in sports media. So why don't we just move on? Whoa, to whoa, discussing- whoa, 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 whoa! Dude, what? Why? How would I had? Listen, I know this isn't public information yet, but I've had some very promising discussions with Outback Steakhouse. How is that not sports media and life? <sighs> We're gonna lose you, and you're gonna become like if Larry Culpepper wasn't lame and wore a gigantic fried onion costume so go yeah. ahead no 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 go ahead tell us the story about how you're going to overshadow us all and leave us go ahead but you know how this story ends right i'll i'll be so i'll be so like the hubris will be so inflated at that point that i'll be like i am a i am a crispy golden god none can touch me and i'll think that the onion costume shields me from bullets and the secret service is going to kill me I mean that's kind of a that's kind of an awesome way to go. Thank right? you. <laughs> or or this. I want this. I want somebody to actually in the middle of an assassin like an assassination attempt, attempt happens, okay? Down the road, I want you to get a good long run in this, okay? This is when President Dwayne the Rock Johnson takes office in 3 years, right? So uh-huh. <laughs> or, or two. Right. Maybe yeah, next whenever. week. Whatever. <laughs> and so when President Dwayne the Rock Johnson is under threat right because president Dwayne the rock johnson in the movie um he will play himself even though he was already president because it's all it's all leading up to a series of movies where he is president after being president right 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 so the the thing is is that the bullet flies out of the gun right and you in the blooming onion costume leap in front of him right i I, in the line of fire it 
In the line of of Friar. That's what we'll call it. In the line of Friar. Yes. Yes. In the line of Friar. Parts one, two, and three. Because we think you're dead at the first one, right? But then The Rock, who's also a surgeon, in addition to being president. Sure. Dr. President President Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That seems like a reasonable title to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Other than that, no. Nothing happened in the world of sports media or real life. So... We can just advance to this, which I think is the most important news. We did, um, I wanted to share this with you because we have some people who've been reading us for a long time. And by us, I mean EDSBS, the EDSBS Hive, uh, people who are in the commentariat and who have followed us to multiple locations. This week, we did an analysis of, if you've not seen it, an outstanding photo, Pulitzer worthy. And I'm not joking. It's composed like a master's painting, right, of fans when Rashawn Golden of Tennessee flips the double birds to the stands in Bryant-Denny Stadium, thus becoming, I think, the best Tennessee football player of all time by doing that. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I mean, maybe a Colquitt gets in there, but it's, he's neck and neck with a Colquitt. Well, surely they have a Heisman winner who could take that claim, though. No, Eric Berry did not win the Heisman, strangely enough. I know it's one of the great it's one of the great crimes. So there's this gorgeous photo, right, of Rashawn Golden, and he's flipping off the birds. And there's just this this panoply of Tennessee Alabama humanity who we broke down into personality types. Now one of those types, um, and if you live anywhere, I think you can adjust this regionally, right? Is the Allen? The Allen is the man who's Always up for a good time, even when it's a bad idea. Maybe especially when it's a bad idea, um, because that's a really easy way of saying that he might be on probation for something involving a good time. The list of things that an Allen might be, um, we included that he financed, uh, probably at one point in life, financed a pontoon boat, right? Yeah. He's probably been married for less than 10 days. Yep. Um, He's woke up from a night of drinking with a strange dog chewing holes in his drywall. (laughs) (laughs) Which is based, by the way, on a real guy I know in Gainesville, Florida, who in Gainesville, he was walking home from work and a nice dog and he went to the bar where he walked and then he walked home from the bar. These were not short distances, by the way, and not on like roads with sidewalks. That's just kind of how this dude lived. And uh, this pit bull kept started following him home. And he thought first, like, oh, man dog's gonna kick my ass and then the dog turned out to be friendly and he was really drunk so he's like why don't you come in and like you know you can just snuggle up with me he did that and the dog went to sleep next to him and when he woke up the pit bull having an outstanding survival instinct and wanting to be free as we all do at least the latter uh, the pit bull was chewing holes in his trailer it was trying to chew a hole out of the way of the trailer where this guy lived that's an allen yeah yeah and allen um Somebody who buys fireworks for an inappropriate firework event be like, hey, come to my baby's christening. And Alan shows up being like, oh, it was on discount. The big the big exploder pack was only seventy dollars. Normally one oh nine. That's an Alan. (laughs) Is is your man in 2017 still upset that he lost a knife to TSA, even though you haven't been able to bring a knife anywhere near TSA checkpoint? And damn near 16 years. Yeah, that's an Allen. Okay. Um, did you really like that guy your sister was dating? But you also understand why your sister really had to stop dating him? Yeah, that's an Allen. Okay. 
Allens are there for a good time. Allen, by the way, in this photo of Rashawn Golden flipping off the crowd, is the man who is extending a big, bold thumbs up. All right? Back to the double fingers in a Tennessee shirt. Going, yeah, man. Yeah. The only way this could have been cooler is if Allen, in this photo, the guy we're calling Allen, was wearing an Alabama shirt. Like, if he saw that and was like, respect, bro. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, bring it. Like, I... Like, if you're a Michigan fan who saw, um, oh my gosh, his last name is Hall. Alex, is it Alex Hall? The offensive or the lineman who, uh, when he was booted from Marcus Hall. When Marcus Hall from Ohio State shot the double birds at the big house on the way out from being ejected, which, by the way, is the only better way to do it, right? Like, you can do it mid game and, like, get flagged for it. But, man, Marcus Hall, Marcus Hall did it on the way out after getting ejected for, for, an unsportsmanlike. That's the only way you could have done this better. Anyway, if you gave him the thumbs up on the way out of the big house, congrats. You're you're a chaos buddy. You're definitely the Allen of this crew. This is a long way of saying that we got a good Allen story that I want to kick this off before we get into preview. All right, it's from uh, uh, Anthropo Anthropologal Anthropologal. I've never actually said that out loud because it's a Twitter handle. Yeah, right? most most Twitter handles and commenter names are unpronounceable in English human language. Long time, long time reader. She was responding to um, a fellow EDSBS uh, Hive member Holly Anderson um, in the "You're an Allen," and she anthropologal said, "Oh, I have dated an Allen." Dot dot dot. The car and bass boat examples were combined into an actual story from his life. There's much curiosity about this. So she goes on. The factual request appeals to me, so here it is. Thread. <clears throat> Five or so years ago, I reconnected with a guy from high school on social media. He was weird in high school, but seemed more even-keeled now? Shrug emoji. <laughs> so you know it's going good places. Seemed more even-keeled? Sure. Also... I didn't know in high school his family had more money than God. Thread continues. He was basically working for his parents, but also had a trust fund payment every month. Therefore, he had more money than cents. This is already going so many good places. He loves cars. So when the fifth generation Camaro came out, he bought one. (laughs) Ricky Bobby, it him. Apparently, he and his buddy had a few beers. This is included in the tweet in this part point in the thread with Ricky Bobby going, I want to go fast. And I'm pretty sure Adair was involved, but he was speeding on the freeway in Houston and somehow launched the car off an overpass where his this brand new piece of fine American craftsmanship. Just kidding. But still, it was a new car landed in Buffalo Bayou. <laughs> Are, are either of, are either of you familiar with the geography of Houston or familiar enough to know where this happened? Not as well as you are, I suspect. Um, yeah, no. Not, um, it, it ain't isolated. <laughs> it's not isolated at all. It's in the middle of Houston. It wasn't like he was just out there in the hinterlands ripping some donuts and trying to drift. No, <laughs> this is like surrounded by skyscrapers, all right? That's good. Um, that's that's that good Grand Theft Auto shit. It gets better. Apparently, they escaped unharmed, but because of the beers, they didn't want to go to jail. 
and apparently no witnesses stopped to check. Y'all, they abandoned the car in the bayou. He left a goddamn brand new car in the bayou. Alan exists, and I dated him. These are facts. Hashtag not proud. Hey, y'all y'all go find that car if you're listening. <laughs> go find that car. Take a take a take a photo with it. Hashtag it found Alan's car and yeah. send it to us and you'll win a prize. That's right. You or you can keep the car, honestly. It sounds the like the prize will be Alan's Camaro. Um I have one objection to how you told this story, and that's that you called Holly a hive member when she's clearly the hive queen, and I mean that mostly in the sense that she would not hesitate to rip off our heads and eat our innards if need be. Or that or that she could just leave the nest and establish an entirely new hive if she was like, y'all ain't shit. Well, on that note, welcome Jane Coaston to Vox.com. <laughs> we're, again, like Devo, we're just going to infiltrate media quietly and silently. <laughs> good, and de- dark- good Devo reference. That's actually true. Like Devo, like all of their people make music for other shows now, and they include little like tags and secret like audio hints Coda. that it's Devo. Yeah, so like it's the dark mark of Mark Mothersbaugh, which is a phrase I guarantee you will not hear on any other college football podcast. Yo, y'all want to talk about the week now that we got now that we got all of that interesting stuff out of the way? Yes, I'm going to let Jason pick the first game that we're going to talk about. <clears throat> well, we're going to skip Thursday. Always skip Thursday. Never discuss yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Um, Friday, yeah, Florida no, State. Is yeah, the, that's the one. That's the one. Florida State is playing the offensive juggernaut at Boston College. Steve Adazio has gotten a taste of points, and he is just going to keep, keep, keep firing that needle right into his big, beefy arm. The man is just, just, just juiced up on points right now. How are we ever going to get him to come down? We're not. Y'all, um, I know you're joking about this. Um, I know who I'm picking in this game. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not Florida State. God. Well, that's... the question here is, can Florida State score 40 points? <laughs> and I, I don't even mean against this defense or this week or... Um, with with a few big play, I just mean literally. Can Florida State score forty points? Yeah, because they couldn't. They couldn't really get it rolling against a bad Louisville defense. Like twenty eight points is fine, but you look at them and you're like, okay, four yards a carry, two interceptions when they threw the ball. They're also without um, one of their starting running backs who's out for the year, right? Yeah. So. It's just not Jimbo's year, and that's okay. You know, he's going to handle it. He's going to handle it comfortably, smoothly. There's they no. They scored fewer points against Duke than Baylor, uh, Miami, Virginia, and Pitt did, and the same as or uh, let's see, the same as UNC, and the same. Fewer than Northwestern. Good there's, gracious. There's there's no reason that you should go to the USA Today coaching salaries that came out um, for 2017, sort by school buyout, and observe that the top four coaches are the last national championship winner, Dabo Swinney, Jimbo Fisher, Chris Peterson, who took Washington from, you know, mediocre school to the playoff, and Nick Saban 
who has done plenty for himself. There's no reason you should look at that and say, interesting, we're on the hook for $39 million as of December 1st of this year, if Jimbo Fisher is gone. So in some ways that's comforting. Hey, at least there's one number around Florida State's offense that's almost at 40. It's like being under so underwater on a house that you can't leave, you know? Like yeah. maybe maybe the bank will take Jimbo. That's the best you can hope for right now. <sighs> so underwater you can't leave. I think that's called drowning. I will also <laughs> I, I will also point out that, you know, different teams, same approaches though. I watched Boston College in Tallahassee nearly beat them in 2014 last year, or the last time they played was 2015. That was a 14 nothing game, which the nothing sounded very Boston College 2015, if uh, you're familiar with what they have been prior to the last three games. Um, this is not going, this has not been a game where like Boston College gets blown out, and this is in Boston College against an FSU team that's just. You know, figuring some things out. It was last. They did get killed last year. So I mean, that. okay, they did get killed. This is the game where if FSU was number five and went up there and coughed up a hairball, that the committee would say body clocks, body clocks, and travel and all that stuff. It's same time zone. I don't care. That's Tom, that's, Tom Brady's still a, penum- still a penumbra of greatness. Body clocks game. Yeah. You know, so like short week, all that travel. Hey, that just got caught Clemson, didn't it? So, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're going to score 40 points, so you're going to lose. Um, on the other hand, things have been going a little too well for Boston College recently, and that that, that doesn't feel sustainable either. So, somebody's going to walk away disappointed. Get excited! 40-40 tie. Man, we got, we got like a very good early-ish slate of games. Go, like, this is, college football this weekend was basically like, listen, I'm worried about your health. I'm worried that you're not taking good care of yourself. You know, we think of health in terms of diet and exercise but we don't think enough about sleep sleep is something that listen nfl teams get this they know that sleep is something you need to give your body to take care of it and college football recognized that and that's why they said you know what if you want to go to bed at nine o'clock eastern i'm gonna make that happen for you i'm gonna let you live that dream this week because realistically there is i'm gonna say one and a half games that you need to pay attention to that kick from seven o'clock on. Is that roughly correct? No, you're completely false. This is crazy talk. (laughs) Okay. You want me to, uh, where to begin? Where to begin? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mississippi state, Texas A&M. The winner of that will be in the top 20 in the playoff rankings. Great. Tennessee and Nebraska simultaneous coach fire and road games. We know this is Butch Jones' must-win game. If he loses at Kentucky as an underdog, he's gone. Meanwhile, Nebraska has to go and, <laughs> go and play longtime nemesis Purdue. They lost to bad Purdue, and now it's okay Purdue. <laughs> uh, Clemson, yeah. okay, you got a top team. You're drawing uh, you know, yet another awkward nemesis-type team in Georgia Tech. Oklahoma, you're playing Texas Tech. That's annually a 5,000-point game. You're probably going to yep. win, but you're, you're going to work up a sweat. You get to watch Washington State's defense. You get to watch Arizona State's defense. You could you you, you might you might miss Arizona and Arizona State claiming a tie for first place in the Pac-12 South. They were both supposed to fire their coaches and win a total nine games this year. 
they might have the inside track to the to the damn title game. You're gonna miss all that, and you got Hawaii kicking. And somehow, if Arizona and Arizona, Arizona State do that, they will make life miserable for the Pac-12 North because they're like, "Well, great, our strength of schedule just fucking died. Thanks a lot. <laughs> now nobody's yeah. gonna watch our fucking championship game, which is on at two in the afternoon on a Friday for some reason." Washington's <laughs> schedule's looking a little shaky. But, but at least they got that title game against... How are they playing New Canada? Mexico in the Pac-12 championship? How the fuck did that happen? Uh, New Mexico State, sir. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Oh, God, my Twitter mentions are going to be trash So now. I think you got a, a, a really solid late shift. I will agree that this Saturday is upside down, which we had in week seven, which was crazy week. Um, so maybe that's, something, maybe that's something to look out for when the day starts out nice and hot and then ends with, like... How is that the like Georgia Tech Clemson for half the country will be the ABC game? Does that make any sense? <laughs> but you know, when when you have that kind of a weird night slate, that means all the good games are starting up early when games are even you know harder to predict. So yeah, I see I see like a lot of games on the schedule this week that um, I'm very glad I do not have to make my living uh, wagering gambling. For a lot of reasons, right? First of all, why you got the Sandman on your damn podcast? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll figure this out for it. I don't, I don't, I don't pay much. Attention. I can't remember how it works. It's much more new. Hey, y'all, it's the Sandman here. I'd have to listen to this podcast. I'd have to actually listen to our show don't to do research don't how do it sounded. I might do that so I can replicate the Sandman. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this podcast to figure out who you should put money on, you're you're not you're not very smart. I'm just gonna let you know. I mean, I'm gonna be real. Like, you might have a lot of strengths in life. You might be good looking. You might be charming. You might be you know. You, you might, might be giving. you might earn money other than gambling. Sure, sure. You know, you might be you might be great in the sack. You you might have a big heart. Um, there's a lot of things you could have going for you. What you don't have going for you is intellect, but you probably already know that, right? You probably already settled these things, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. What you shouldn't do in it this week is is gamble on any game because I, I don't know, I don't know how any of these are going. And if you proposed to me that there were going to be upsets in a lot of games that looked very very set, I would also believe that, right? For instance, um, there's uh, South Florida; they're hosting Houston. Houston just had like lost a shootout with Memphis. Do do I have any sort of confidence that South Florida can easily dispatch Houston? No, because I've I've watched Houston and I don't know what to expect from them either. And that makes them extremely dangerous. South Florida is also like maybe the slowest starting like ranked team. They they can win a game that ends up forty seventeen, but for the first half, that's just gonna be ten seven and they won't be the the ten. I think what we've discovered is their special teams just takes about three quarters to um, to defrag or, or you know to to fully like stop buffering and whatever. Like they do the the special teams. It, like what was it last week? They had a kick blocked against Tulane. Only sent out ten guys and blocked the kick. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that's their worst special teams play of the year. Just for the first three quarters, every USF game is uh, how in the world are they? You know, is this other team still in it? And then you look up eight minutes later and, oh, yeah, it was fine all along. Yeah. So just know that don't don't necessarily buy what you're getting in the first half of that game. It will be interesting, but it may not be demonstrative. Now, the problem is if Houston can take advantage of that and be like, oh, we're up 30, fuck you, that would be bad. 
Yeah, because yeah. a big lead for Houston, those are those tend to be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember, just take the average of whatever the team is putting out and apply it to the remaining quarters, right? That seems to be the rule based on one game against Memphis, averaging 40 points, had zero at halftime. Apply all 40 to the second half. It worked. <laughs> I think one key to analysis is when you've seen a team play once all year, just assume that's how all their games Extrapolate <laughs> everything from one one game. Now, if you, if you are a believer that um, the psychic energy of the universe is zero sum, that someone else's happiness must be counterbalanced by sadness somewhere else, or confidence must be met with depression and self-loathing somewhere else. And I'm not saying I am, but if you are, you will have proof positive given to you at 3.30 because you will have Penn State, Ohio State, which will be aggressive and two teams uh two fan bases that are confident that they are the superior option they will play balls out they will probably play a very interesting maybe sort of rough but overall fun football game and you will have georgia florida where you have the number three team in the country and florida and somehow both of these fan bases are just like oh this isn't no i don't know this is gonna there is no scenario I have learned in the last two weeks where Florida could be so bad that Georgia fans would confidently think that they would win this game. No. You could say, Florida, hey, guess what? Typhoid fever is back. Florida has it all. Their arms are rotting off, and the players are in open rebellion. Jim McElwain is missing. He may have been the one promoting those death threats. Florida is only sending 12 players to the game. And Georgia fans would be like, "Oh, this is this is how it happens, man. This is well, this is how they're just trying to get us overconfident, and we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna fuck it up somehow, some way." I mean, all that stuff about missing limbs and all that—that that just sounds like Jacksonville, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, but not in the fun Jacksonville way. Not in the fun like, where is the limb? Who knows? It's what I get. It's what I get for drinking Bud Ice leprosy. <laughs> Bud Ice leprosy. It was on sale. ABV, also with leprosy. Like, I think think Penn State and Ohio State fans are both convinced that they can kick the shit out of the other team. And and I'm not saying they're wrong. And Georgia and Florida fans are both convinced that they're going to lose by 30 and feel like assholes about it. Yeah, that's that's how we want it, man. Yeah, there's a a tyranny of the past versus tyranny of the present moment happening to the combine georgia and florida fan bases respectively because georgia fans expect to lose this game because of everything that's happened over the last 20 years and can't shake that and i respect that and florida fans are expecting to lose this game because of the tyranny of the present i know which one applies more to the moment which if which would be florida not being able to get uh, a first down Georgia, Georgia can win the national. Georgia can go undefeated and win the national championship this year, and there will be several Georgia fans, all named Blake, celebrating. And about three minutes after the confetti comes down, one of them is going to say, "Oh well, you know, Florida's going to win. The- Florida's going to beat us by eighteen next year." Now, oh dang it, we're going to be ranked number nine, and Florida's going to beat us in October. <laughs> All we're doing is setting up expectations for next year. <laughs> for Georgia, it's about nothing but entering the season unranked. That is their peak goal in life. And then once they once they beat, like you cannot mention the words Notre Dame, which we do frequently on this program. Yeah. Um, you can't say Notre Dame without a Georgia fan like 
popping out of the rafters or poking their head in an air duct or something. Yeah, well, we've been Hey, hey we beat Notre Dame! My nephew's just filling out college applications, and he's looking at... Yeah, we beat Notre Dame! Tell him to go to Georgia! You look up, and a plane is dragging a banner. Yeah, we, we beat Notre Dame, by the way, in case you missed it. Not many people saw it. It was only the biggest game of the week that week. Uh, Notre Dame, you get a fun revenge game of your own. NC State's coming to town. A dry NC State. Also at um, 3.30. Man, 3.30 is just... You know what? 3.30 is proof that ESPN and CBS and all the networks, they're in league with the television manufacturers. Because everybody's saying like, oh, you know, you can watch it on your mobile device. No. They know that 3.30 is going to be so slammed that you're going to panic. And at 11 o'clock, you're going to go to Best Buy and be like, yeah, I need I need two 40-inch screens, please. Yeah. So we've always said no one is actually in charge of this sport, but it turns out there is. It's Hi-Fi Buys. <laughs> Is Hi-Fi Buys even open anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Circuit City! Circuit City lives! You know, we, 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 the BCS, that ain't in charge. The playoff? No. NCAA? Helpless. It's brand smart. <laughs> That's, uh, there's another game at 3.30, by the way. Let me come back to NC State, Notre Dame. Because, again, that, that to me, I don't, I don't know who's walking away from that. I don't. I have neither, no absolute clue. Like, they. they exist probably... If Penn State, Ohio State's one extreme, Georgia, Florida's the other, NC State, Notre Dame is right in the middle. But you want to talk about TCU, Iowa State. I do, because because there is no indicator to me that TCU should not win this game. TCU has adapted to every single opponent that they've faced. They have game-planned brilliantly. They have... They have managed everything as well as they can. I like that's t- that to me is like you know when you go, oh man, what t- what is TCU good at? I'm like TCU is good at beating you specifically. It's not like they're some team like Alabama whose game plan seems to have nothing to do with the opponent and everything to do with their superiority. Nope. I come in, and I'm always like, yeah, TCU. They they uh, they knew they knew exactly how to hurt you, right? They were like the teens and how they're going to roast you, right? They hit you, as John Mulaney said, where you are most vulnerable and you feel most insecure. That's what Gary Patterson does. He walks in and he's like, oh, hey, love handles. You're like, ah! <laughs> Goddamn! Right? That's that's what Gary Patterson does. And I'm sure against Iowa State, like he's going to walk in the room and he's going to be like, hey, what's up, skinny dick? I know that that I know that really worries you. And Iowa State's going to be like, ah, that does concern me. The length is normal, but the girth is weird. That, that's yeah. Iowa State football. The length is normal. The is is it lumpy? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Gary Patterson's going to find the thing that your football team is sensitive about and can't protect. Right. And that's what TCU has been so far. They've been super efficient. They've been really good on defense. And uh, their their game plans have thus far been tailored perfectly to beat people where they hurt. Iowa State, I'm sure they're going to do the same thing. No evidence that they won't. <clears throat> With that said, this is TCU going in at 3.30 against an Iowa State team that beat Oklahoma. And Oklahoma with a Baker Mayfield. And Oklahoma that, while capable of making massive mistakes... Still a really good football team. So it looks like Iowa State's most relevant weakness is they'll give up uh, dink and dunk passing all day long. So you, you know what TCU's doing? <laughs> They're going full, full, uh, full, full, like 1992 Joe Montana on you. 
Plus, Iowa State is ranked, and God damn it, they want to stay there. They worked too hard. They worked somewhat hard. I actually don't know how hard they worked. They probably yeah. worked hard. I mean, they got one guy doing five jobs. That sounds hard. Fair. That is hard. I, You know what? I shouldn't have said that Spencer wanted to talk about TCU Iowa State at 330 because maybe he wanted to talk about Michigan State Northwestern. Oh, no, because we can okay. – you know, because I have I have one comment on that nine three, nine three. That's <laughs> that's what that's what that's going to be. Because Michigan State Northwestern, especially if you know this is at Northwestern, if the winds the winds swirling around off the lake, yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. Let nine, us see. Three. Let us seamlessly pivot to an ad read from Jason that specifically mentions one of these teams. I have one from Alex, who donated to our charity drive for uh, disaster relief. Alex would like us to say the following. I just want you guys to mention that, and that's all included. I just want you guys to mention that. So I'm I'm saying those words as well. Michigan State might be good at football again before the world ends, even though that seems like an increasingly bold prediction given the current state of affairs. This was obviously a take that Alex wrote before the season really got rolling. Yeah. At this point, we, I think it's pretty clear that Michigan State might be good at football again before the world ends because the world hasn't ended yet, and Michigan State might currently be good at football again. Um, although I cannot say that the world hasn't ended and we're not in a simulation, I guess. Maybe we're in the fallback universe. Which in that case, maybe that's what tripped the wires and caused, you know, because like if you're if you're programming this thing, you probably set it up a few years ago, you know, and Michigan State was good at the time. So you coded it so that in the fallback universe, Michigan State would just revert. So maybe this was we were our entire universe um, was a sacrifice for Mark D'Antonio, which I think he would take that. Um, Is there a team better equipped to handle the post-apocalyptic wasteland than Michigan State? Like no. everything, everything no. they do from recruiting to player development to like just the general ethos of the team. Like if Fallout ever had a college football game, you should definitely play as Michigan State. Like mm-hmm. Super yeah. Mutants, Super Mutants are green. All right. Do the homework. If you need to use bottle caps as points, those things are scarce. If you can only find eight of them, all you got to do is make sure the other guy has seven. It's sim- it's not a complicated sport. I will say that also Michigan State, considering the pace they run on offense, totally fine with that user interface, that busted ass Fallout user interface that forces <laughs> you to take twelve steps before you can shoot one bullet over the guy's head accidentally. Like like Michigan State dropping back to pass, you have the the free frame. <laughs> Everything slows way down. Yeah. Okay. This is a thirty five percent chance. This is a twenty. This is a twelve. I guess we'll take thirty five. Missed. That's fine. Just go punch him. Plus, That's Michigan Michigan State has a dog for some reason. So does Fallout. Mm-hmm. This all this all, all this all works. You know, some teams are afraid to eat Rad Scorpion. Not a Spartan. No. Michigan State, they'll eat Rad Scorpion. Michigan State. Michigan State never changes. So, <laughs> no, they really so, don't. Which game series is Michigan? Is it the um the one with like the the ever creating universe of planets where you can fly around, but the whole thing is a farce and like oh no, no man's sky yeah, no or something sky. yeah yeah where it's like supposed to be super immersive but it's unclear what the point is and it's ultimately disappointing and yeah that's a, that's not a bad that's I All mean the other to talk about is how much there is of it right right um 
they, they, I could see them being Super Mario in some way, where it's sort of like, hey, you know, when you think of video games, you think of us, and you're sort of like, cool. So it's different from past. And you're like, well, uh, sort of. Actually, I think Ohio State is Mario because it just barrels into every game. You know, like, oh, I, I bought a Nintendo golf game, and there's Mario just showing up. Bought a Nintendo race car game. Oh, okay, here's Mario. Coming yeah, out. but then, then for game week, Mario would have to cross off the letter on his own damn hat. It's true. That's a problem. For that week is when he gets the fire flower. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I have one to read from Dan. All mm-hmm. praise to the once and future king, Jim Grobe. I have no idea what Jim Grobe is doing these days. Chilling, man. Sitting on a sitting on a pile of sitting on a pile of money. Might That's, be coaching Baylor. <laughs> might, who knows? He could still be involved. I don't know that he's not, right? Can you say for sure that he's not coaching Baylor? I can't. I know that. Can you say for sure that he ever coached Baylor? Not real sure about that either. Oh, he does have he does have a Twitter account. I don't know if this is actually him because he only has eight followers. So I'm going to assume that it's not, and somebody else is just sitting on the Jim Grobe account but not doing anything interesting with it. No, yeah, I don't. I I, I suspect that's that's not Jim Grobe. My theory, but, but but it's super boring, and therefore it could be Jim Grobe. It's true. This is like, literally the Grobe paradox. Right. I want to go back to. Uh, it's the I, canny, I, go- I call it the Canny Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just slide right by Oklahoma State and West Virginia? Just about to blow up your TV? No, we're doing the whole day out of order. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We can build back. That's cool. I just want to make sure that we didn't miss that because Jesus. Yeah, what a wake up. What a wake up that is. Yeah, that um, that could that could have thirty points on the board before one o'clock. That feel right? Man, oh, there's there there's I mean, that so- seems like one where it's okay. You're rolling from game day straight into Wisconsin, Illinois, who is mm-hmm. and then you say, huh? I wonder what else is on. And in that time, what? It's fourteen to thirteen already. Wisconsin, Illinois, I think has the best. Um, <laughs> Going back to the buyout thing, the best spread between one coach's buyout and the other. Um, Paul Chris buyout is four million dollars, which like that's respectable. He he left Pitt obviously, so he ha- he will jump from job to job. But he like I think everybody knew he wanted to go back to Wisconsin. He's not a name that gets floated around for other jobs. So like four million feels like a fair place for him to be. Um, Lovey Smith's buyout is four times that amount. Hmm. Well, you, you got to fend off the Chargers. He, he already coached the Chargers. Well, you, yeah, remember they, how, you remember how they, poorly they went did. to the Super Bowl with Lovey Smith and Stan Humphreys. Oh, right. Lovey Smith player coach. That was a weird time. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin, do you think the buyout's so low because Barry's just like, go ahead, dare you to leave? Gosh, where would we? Oh, man. If you left at the end of the year and we needed somebody to coach in the post, who, where, what would I do? How? Do you think Barry gives himself a buyout whenever he takes over? <laughs> man, Barry might have mastered the internal buyout, right? Because think about it when he goes, hmm, I don't know. Might need someone to coach this bowl game now that our coach left. Who can do that? Ah, uh, Barry. It's probably Barry. I mean, 
isn't this when you just fruitlessly transfer money from your checking account to your savings account or vice versa just to like cover yourself? That's just the internal buyout. Yeah, just to stay afloat for another week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, pu- I'll put it back after payday. No. <laughs> It'll be fine. After, after we beat Illinois. You should beat Illinois. Jesus, you better beat Illinois. Yeah, there's a lot of sadness on the schedule, too. Like, there's some there's some real sadness. And again, there are games that, despite being sad and involved bad teams, I don't know which way to tell you to lean. I really don't. Like, do you want to know the only thing I'm certain on this on this schedule? Uh, it's that Kansas State will crucify Kansas. That's it. Yeah, as they should. Everything else? <whistles> caveat. Caveat mTOR. Cross the board. All the way down to uh, this game, which... I'm now there's one. there's one there's one other sure thing. No, what? My, Which one? My, Miami's going to beat the hell out of North Carolina. That oh, North Carolina, good God! That, that North Carolina team is not good enough to scare a, a, a an inconsistent but talented Miami team. No, we're just having tryouts, man. That's what North Carolina's doing. <laughs> I mean, literally. Like, look at look at the field. Anybody want this position? Let's oh, see if oh, they can take it. Also, in case it wasn't clear earlier, Georgia's going to fucking win. Georgia's way better than Florida, and they're going to fucking calm the fuck down, Bulldog fans. You're going to win that stuff. game. Well, yeah, some board that's, material. That's right. Um, I, I, let's, I enjoy let's, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to quickly call attention to Louisville Wake Forest. That, of course, is your Wakey Leaks revenge game for an act of espionage committed last year by um, – I can't even remember which team did which. I, I just know Bobby Petrino. Yeah, it was it – was, Wake's radio announcer secreted some information to Louisville's coaching staff, its offensive coaching staff, mm-hmm. and Bobby Petrino said he didn't know anything about it, which is wild. Louisville's offensive coaches are keeping secrets from Bobby Petrino. I don't know if I trust those guys, but this is a, this is a big revenge spot for the Deeks. So that game was November 12th, Louisville-Wake Forest, and it was after that that this all sort of came to a head. At the time... Louisville was nine and one. What is their record in the games that they've played since then? Do either of you know? Oh, Would it be I, I, roughly I, four and five and six. Five and six is correct. Hmm. Louisville was a lie that was only per, only propped up by Wake Forest. Wake Forest was the surprising ACC team all along. We were duped. Well, that da- well, dang. I'm. By the way, this is a Wake Forest team that uh, that if, if you watch them, you're like, wow, they are really well coached and they play really, really hard. And they lost. It's like, just we- it's just weird to think of Bobby Petrino's career taking a downward turn because of a poorly covered lie. You know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? When you're consistent, you're consistent. I'll just give that to Bobby. <laughs> right. Um, let's go to. I have from George, from George. I've only been to one college football game in my life, and that was Duke at Boston College in 2011. Before you say, wow, I bet that sucked, here's what George says. It sucked. <laughs> I started listening to the full cast while studying for the bar. Did you fail the bar? And didn't re- fully realize it was a college football podcast until two months later. You're welcome. Same. Going to... Going to Auburn at LSU in a few weeks to try out S- try out SEC country, and I'm excited because it seems like that will be a neat experience. I expect to get very drunk, 
but I hope I'm not an asshole. You know, you're not. There's no way you're the biggest asshole at all, Vernella. In, in Baton Rouge? Oh, my God. It's not not happening. I'm just saying there's there's drunker there's bigger drunker assholes at LSU. There's probably somebody at LSU whose birth name is asshole. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's asshole. It is an old <laughs> French name from the old country. <laughs> asshole with an e a u x. Yeah, hey, that's that's my cousin Azole. Yeah, that that's that's that that's Martin Azole in the French. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Azole. He had his name on the law school, and you know what? Those bastards took it off with the pressure washer when he was caught on some bullshit that the federal uh, attorneys caught him with. All right? We'll continue this message from George, who kindly donated, so thank you. Huge theme of this message. I do not expect the game to be anything but a painful slog, but fuck it. Can't be worse than Boston College Duke. And let look you, what let, let the universe what. provided. Yep. Man did it. You discovered. You discovered a couple of things. One, that at LSU, uh, the entire place uh, does actually smell something between uh, the rich, fetid earth of a semi-swamp and the aroma of meats and other ingredients cooking in oil. It really does smell like that. Uh, you discovered that uh, live oaks, while providing some shade... Uh, will not prevent you from getting sunburned, particularly if you have 18 drinks and forget to apply sunscreen. It's another very important LSU lesson. Three, you can park anywhere as long as you're willing to either leave your car there forever or have them towed to a really, really bad spot somewhere on the other side of Baton Rouge. See, that's why that's why Alan loves LSU football. Man, there's so many. <laughs> just to see it, Alan. <laughs> Alans. A-L-A-I-N. Just a bunch of Alans in the mother tongue. The other thing you probably learned by watching Auburn LSU is this, that uh, you, you can't really count on Auburn to do anything but but ruin things. Because Auburn ruined things for Auburn that day. And when they beat you, they beat you in an injurious, insulting fashion, usually at a margin of a few points. And when they lose, they lose by an injurious, insulting margin of a few points when you want to depend on them. Don't depend on them to upset you. Don't depend on them to win. Don't depend on them to lose. That, that's what Auburn does. Oh, yeah. L- LSU football is a court case that always goes to the jury. We never settle this shit. It always <laughs> goes to the jury. It's, it's going to be involved. It's going to be protracted. There's going to be a lot of ugliness. It's going it's to end in a courtroom duel. You're counting on, you count on 12 strangers, one coach, and 11 others to make a decision for you, and hopefully it goes your way. But you have no idea, and you have no idea how they got there. Also, the judge has a bat. Also, the judge is also named Azole. Yeah, Martin Azole. And with this bat of justice. All rise. All rise for Hugh Azole. Did you say some shit about the 1999 LSU baseball team? I know you did.